When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Uh, what a stage that's been set for this NRL Grand Final, eerily similar to the events of this year in the AFL with two Victorian teams making the Grand Final but having to play it interstate for the first time held in Perth. And that's a situation confronting the NRL. So every year the Grand Final held in Sydney and we've got two Sydney teams uh, playing each other in the biggest day of the year for Rugby League, and they're doing it all at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, such as the COVID world we live in. And when I saw the two teams that had made it, I thought my mind went straight to one person and one person only. He's part of our SEN family, but he's a man that won a premiership with Penrith in 2003, just their second, and his his try-saving tackle lives on in footy folklore. Probably the greatest ever tackle laid in an NRL grand final. But his father played played in four winning premierships for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, that man's name was John Sattler, who was a captain of the Rabbitohs, one of their greatest ever. His son is Scott Sattler, one of our very own, who's been good enough to jump on the line. Hello, Sats. Hello, Sammy. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm great. H- how are you going? I can only imagine the amount of emotions, feelings, the whole kit bag and caboodle that you must be uh, going through at the minute. Yes, split, really split down the middle, to be quite honest, because... As a kid, Sammy, growing up, I and still today, South Sydney is a side that I've followed and have loved through the good times and the bad times. And, um, you know, I was conceived in the dressing sheds at Redfern Oval um, in 1971. And uh, and ever since I was in the womb, I've been a South Sydney fan. And, um, and you yeah, know, growing up following the, the Bunnies and, and not getting a chance, I had a couple of opportunities where I could have played for them. And I didn't go there specifically because Dad and his legacy at the club. And... Um, and then going to Penrith for a number of years and you know, and uh, playing over 100 games for the club and winning a comp, and uh, they're a club that's very dear to my heart. So, yeah, it's uh, split loyalties this week is probably the best way to put it. Just before we move on, and without working too blue, is that actually correct that you were conceived in the change rooms at Redfern? Now, I'm not trying to make my mum sound like she was a floozy <laughs> or anything like that, but I'm led to believe I was... <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. Oh, hey, in, yeah. in 1996, uh, we went back to play South Sydney and they took a game back to Redfern Oval. And, and so the visitors' dressing shed was, was the old home dressing shed for South. They'd swapped ends. And I remember saying to Dad, which was your hook? He goes, oh, the very end hook as you walk in. As far as you can go to the left, that was my hook for 10 years. I just used that one hook. He goes, okay. So I got in there and I put my my clothes on there, my, my bag, and I got ready in the dressing sheds and sat where my dad used to sit back in the 60s and 70s. It was yeah, quite surreal, quite emotional, actually, to, to be mm. finally playing on the Great Red Turn Oval. And, and then after I thought, hang on, I, said, I don't know how comfortable I am being in this dressing shed when I come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very, very funny. What I'm going to say, but my mother is a very classy lady. Yes. Me. 
Absolutely. I've got no doubt about that at all. And uh, I, I, I really do appreciate the insight that we are, we are getting. So, you know, it, 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 for many people, when they use the expression, I was born into this, no one can, <laughs> no one can say it as literally as you can. Uh, that's fantastic. Hey, um, th- so these two teams, when we have a look at it, so Penrith smarting from the loss last year. Uh, they were minor premiers last year, and they finished second this year with only three losses. In any other year, that would have been another minor premiership, but the Storm uh, claimed that honour. They got a little bit of revenge for last year with one of the greatest defensive displays I think we've seen in a preliminary final or any final to, to, to reduce the number one scoring team in the competition to what they were able to with the storm last week um it was a it was a, an all-time classic of a prelim um and, and now they get themselves in for a chance uh, at redemption you must have been really proud with uh, the way in which they acquitted themselves last week yeah you're right sammy you've hit the nail on the head in relation to the desperation and the, the scrambling defense when melbourne looked like scoring from three or four meters out even a couple of um couple of plays where they'd runaway players from six and they had Penrith players turning up in numbers and you know, it's, I remember watching the Melbourne Demons a number of times this year in the AFL and, and in relation to the contest and when they're, when they're in and around the ball, it always seemed as though they had three or four more players on the field than their opposition. And and that was like Penrith um, last Saturday when the when there was a Melbourne Storm player that looked like making any sort of half break. There were two or three players that would just arrive out of nowhere and, and just real desperation plays that um, that's, would end up saving saving the moment. So uh, the statistics tell you, Sammy, actually, that when you play against the Melbourne Storm, whether you win or lose, most times often than not, you lose the following week. And that's how physical they are, Melbourne. That's how much mm. they take out of, your, out, out of your body. And it takes a little bit longer to recover when you play the Melbourne Storm, such as their aggressive nature and their physicality. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Penrith Panthers, who are a young team, you do recover a lot quicker when you're younger, uh, see how they recovered from that game last week because it was a bruising battle, as you said. So, and then they're coming up against the South Sydney side, who have got who are just chock full of experience for big games, Origins, Test matches, preliminary finals. They've played a lot of them this Rabbitohs side, and they've got the best coach of all time. It's. I'm going to ask you about the Rabbitohs in just a minute, but just on Penrith, I mean that. The, the ability to continue to cause Melbourne to make errors. I mean, that's just not something we associate Melbourne with. Once in a blue moon, I mean, it's as rare as rocking horse, you know what, to see Melbourne make so many mistakes. But you've got to give credit to Penrith because they kept forcing it. I mean, we, we, we see it every now and then that, oh, yeah, mistake there or maybe mistake there. But generally they'll, or genuinely, uh, sorry, generally they'll, they'll tighten up Melbourne and they'll, they'll click back into gear, whether it be after half time. But they just weren't ever able to find any anything remotely resembling rhythm and cohesion uh, in attack. So that that to me was something that stood out, and, and something I can't ever remember seeing in the way that I was seeing it um, last week. Sats, you know, you've spoken like a, uh, a true expert, to be honest, because that's exactly the way <laughs> that the that? game panned out. What they now, what they what they do, Melbourne, is they've got so many great players and they've got this amazing ethos and culture and and aura about them. Is that you, sometimes you can sit back and just watch them play, and that's when they they sneak up on you and and in the end end up defeating you. But what Penrith did is exactly what you said, Sammy. They didn't sit back and watch them play and wait for this Melbourne t- team to to create opportunities. They just got up in their face and rattled their cage as much as possible. And, and, you know, some of the tactics really early on was about getting under their skin, and they were able to do it and take Melbourne's focus away from what their 
very good at, which is discipline. And uh, as soon as they started to rattle their cage in that first half, they weren't able to recover. Even the second half, after having a you know the halftime break with Craig Bellamy, and like you said, they're usually really good at realigning themselves and, and doing that on the run. They weren't able to do that because Penrith are in their face and continually asking questions defensively. And so, you know, they've got to do it again against a side like the the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who they beat, who, who beat Penrith uh, three weeks ago in the first week of the finals. They've got to do that again now against a side that if, if they're in the right mood and given the right opportunity, they can put 30 or 40 on you in, in one half of footy. So let's talk South Sydney. I mean, there's so many great narratives here, but I mean, I think the thing that's blowing everybody away is the fact that the the run they've gone on um, just before and into finals, when they've had some patchy moments during the year, is the fact that they're doing all this without Latrell Mitchell, one of the best fullbacks in the game. Mm. He's, a, he's a state of origin player, and, and he's a good, very good, an elite state of origin player at that. I mean, um, as is uh, pretty much everybody that, that puts on that uh, that jersey. But um, he's one of the best players in the competition, and they've actually been better, arguably, without him. And, and Wayne Bennett's ability to get the most out of the players that have come in, to re- you know, whether it be to replace him or, you know, whether it be Benji Marshall coming in uh, to this side. And uh, it, just extraordinary in his effort to be in his 10th grand final. And his first one was 29 years ago when most of these blokes mm. wouldn't have been born. I spoke to Corey Parker about it l- earlier in the week. That's a phenomenal story in and of itself. Yeah, the last grand final he won at at Suncorp Stadium or Lang Park back then was in 1985. The last grand final he, he coached in. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's an amazing career and pathway that he's that he's paved, and and that's his greatest strength, his greatest asset. And any any good coach, any good player will tell you the greatest coaches have their ability to simplify the game, but most importantly, just have this really good connection with their players, and they make them believe. And that's what they've done without Latrell Mitchell. He's made them believe. He's made each and every player have to pick up another 10% of their game to make up for Latrell not being there. Young Blake Taff, he's only played six or seven first-grade games and yep. going into a grand final believing that he could potentially be the Clive Churchill medalist. You know, our Norm Smith medal um, of rugby league. So, you know, he's um, he's an amazing man, Wayne Bennett, the way that he prepares his sides. And the closer you get to the bigger games, the simpler he makes it. He takes all the pressure off his side and uh, that's why he gets the results that he does. You know, we see this grumpy... Um, more, more, almost um, introverted sort of character when in front of the media and some people at times would say he's a little bit aloof but you know, behind the scenes and away from the cameras he has got an amazing relationship with his players and he lives vicariously through his players yep. as well so um, in their you know in their social lives so he's, you know, he's a tremendous guy tremendous coach and I've backed against him twice now in 2006 when he had the Broncos and in 2010 when he had the Dragons I backed against him both times in those grand finals, and it came it came back to embarrass me. So, you know, when I look at this game, it's you know you've got to think long and hard about about who's going to be the victor in the end. Yeah, well, I'm told by people that know him that you, you just got to get to know him. He's a lot better bloke than you realise. But in the couple of times where he's given me the most withering um, mm. and glaring stare down after a question at a press conference back when I was living in Brizzy, I'm, in those moments. I'm not thinking, geez, this bloke seems like a ripper. Uh, but he's He's got a very intimidating presence about him at times. And when you look a bit like Clint Eastwood as well, that helps, I think, with the intimidation <laughs> factor of the sheriff. Um, 
Sats, for you, for you personally, though, I, I'd love to just touch on on the on your old man. We've spoken earlier in the year around concussion and the effects that multiple um, heavy hits have had on your father and, 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 and the situation he finds himself in now. Is he is he aware of what's going on for for, for this weekend? Does he does he have an understanding of that his old mob are, are back in another grand final against yours? Yeah, he does. He keeps sort of reminding him that the footy's on. Um, he's not one of those guys that says, oh, it's Friday night, the footy's on, or Saturday night, or Sunday's the grand final. He's got to have to keep reminding him, and, and he's got a diary that he follows. He carries around with him basically everywhere. It's his security blanket. And and uh, on Monday, I wrote in there that you know, Sunday at 6 o'clock, Channel 9, you know, what's the footy? And, and he's aware now that Souths are in there. He's aware that it's against Penrith. And um, he still loves the footy. He's uh, very critical of the way the game is today uh, and some of the rules, and you have to keep explaining or for the better of the, you know, the safety of the players moving forward. Um, mm. uh, but, yeah, you know, he's fully aware of what's going on around him. and um, He's just a survivor, the old man. You know, he's as tough as a $2 steak. And, he, um, and he'll watch the game on Sunday just at home. He won't go to the game. He's, he, um, he's one of those guys that used to be so affable and loved being... Um, so social and, and the centre of attention where we lived and owned the pubs that we uh, that we used to live in over many many years. But yeah, that's all changed now. He's um, he's really a, a person who likes to keep to himself and and basically just uh, run to the beat of his own drum. Um, I'm imagining you're working uh, at the game, but uh, do you think, regardless yeah. of what happens, you'll um you you'll catch up with him at, as soon as you can, regardless of the result. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if South win, I'll, I'll ring him straight away. Yeah. Um, if they don't, well, I'll leave him alone for, for 24 <laughs> hours. Um, yeah. So um, you know, he he uh, he doesn't watch. He doesn't he doesn't really invest much in the actual individual players anymore. He probably just watches the game more or less mm. and just sort of surveys what's going on. But he does love number 13 for. Um, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, young kid by the name of Cam Murray, state yep. of origin player, yes. South Sydney boy, tremendous player. And he always says to me, oh, that number 13, which was his number when he played, different position, same number. He, he says, he always says, oh, that number 13 reminds me of Ron Coote, which is, he's one of the greatest wow. you know, back row forwards the game's ever seen. He said, he's built like Cootie, he runs like Cootie. Yeah, he reminds me of Ron Coote, which is one of the, the greatest accolades you could get as a, as a rugby league player. Hey, Sats, so I could we could go on talking for a while, but we're almost out of time. Before I let you go, though, obviously 75% capacity at Suncorp, given the COVID situation, yep. isn't ideal, but that place is a cauldron. It carries them and, um, and enhances the noise uh, better than any stadium, really. So it's going to be fever pitch. Where do you think the majority of support's going to lie? South Sydney, yeah, without a doubt. Yep. 75% of the, the fans will be South City. One, because everyone just loves a... The, the South Sydney, um, the bunny, and they love the story behind yep. it all. And, and there's been a lot of people that have retired and have moved north over the last 20, 25 years and just have relocated to southeast Queensland. So without a doubt, uh, South Sydney supporters, it would be like 2014 grand final when South Sydney run out and basically just dominated the entire stadium when they won that night. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fever pitch. doesn't matter whether there's going to be 35,000 people or... 55,000, which it was going to be originally, it's, yeah, it's going to be fever pitch. 
Yeah, and um, look, my my sort of heart and mind goes to the people of Western Sydney. Uh, they've endured a much harsher lockdown than probably anywhere else in Sydney, mate, as, as you know from having mates that live in that area. Mm. So I'm really hoping it's a special night and they get something to cheer about. Um, you can certainly empathise with their situation. They're, they're certainly not having parties at Bondi Beach uh, in the west of Sydney. So hopefully it's a, a big night for them. Mate, enjoy it. I, I know it's going to be a really emotional one for you. Uh, so much connection to both of these clubs, literally, <laughs> as we just found out <laughs> earlier. Um, but it's going to be a really special night, mate. Enjoy it. Thanks very much, Sammy. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.